This is a Payone Media production. The following podcast on the Your Own Pay Podcast Network will contain adult content. Listener discretion is advised. More information about this episode can be found at yourownpay.com. <laughs> hey, bro, let's get into this thing. It's Demasi and Michael just talking tech. That's kind of cool with Google Docs. For those who haven't used Google Docs before, if you up and down arrow through a document, I hear something like uh, right now, uh, it says DT iPhone predictions, Demasi Thomas is editing near this paragraph. So I think Google does a great job at keeping track of who's where and giving that information because I bet Demasi just heard that I was editing near the paragraph or or did it automatically tell you that? Yep, it did. It did. Granted, I wasn't editing. I was just reading. That would be nice if it told me that. But I guess it makes sense because my editing cursor is following my reading cursor, I imagine. Uh-huh. That would be the reason. So potentially you could be editing because you're yes. you're in edit mode. That's maybe if you switch to doctor view mode. I wonder what it would say. Yeah, I don't know. I don't feel like breaking it right now because of the me way this week either. gets <laughs> Me either. So, Demasi... How's your note taking going? <laughs> My note taking situation is it is stable, but it is not as productive as it should be. Yeah. Uh, Mine too. I'm still using drafts primarily to capture information, but I am not. I don't know. I feel like sometimes stuff needs to go places. And other than, you know, occasionally running a to-doist action to send a bunch of stuff into to-doist from drafts, like I don't I don't really feel like I'm using it at its full potential or even at, at its limited potential. Like I don't feel like I'm maximizing my potential with drafts, I guess is what I'm actually trying to say because there are some things that drafts provides that I don't need and don't care about. They're not in my way, which is one of the reasons I'm still using drafts. Even though, you know, it has gotten to be a very complex application. Yeah. I have moved drafts off of my dock, so I i don't have it oh. on my dock anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I don't even know where it is. I'm not taking notes. It's horrible because Stephen Scott, for example, tweeted me this evening in a, or this afternoon in a direct message and said, Hey, are you guys recording? So of course I sent him to your own pay.com slash DM 97, told, told him it would be live on Tuesday, but I didn't have a way to quickly take a note down to remind myself that that happened. And in this instance, I remembered. However, there are times where I won't remember and I say, Hey, I should take note of that. But for some reason, when I was opening drafts and taking notes, what it turned into be is an entire list of these random drafts that meant nothing to me. And I never did anything with them. And that's one of my downfalls right there. Yeah, that, that's what I have found happening quite a bit to me. Like there, there are the occasional, if I'm sitting down intentionally taking notes because I'm on a, uh, I'm doing a consultation with a, with a customer or something and I'm writing down information as we're going through. Uh, those I can always go back and find because there's actually some structure to that, that note. Um, but yeah, if I just dictate something into the watch or whatever, like I was doing, I did end up with a pile of stuff and I'm like, I don't really know what this is referencing, uh, or what to do with this or any of that. 
Uh, I'm a little afraid to just nuke it and just blow all of them away and start fresh and try to figure out if drafts is actually the thing. Because I know that there's stuff buried down in there. That, uh-huh. Like if I delete, like, so I flushed out my to-doist uh, last week, I think it was. Just went through, deleted all the tasks out of all of the projects and tasks out of. We're gonna have to talk about that process when we get to to do us, because you know it's not an episode with us unless we. (laughs) (laughs) And I forgot. I do have a backup, but I forgot that. uh, So basically, I blew. I I deleted a couple of tasks that I actually really needed to have kept track of. Uh, like for example, my my uh my mailbox renewal place for the business is coming up in July, I think, but I'm not sure <laughs> because I had it in Todoist, so I wasn't really worried about it because I would get, was gonna get notified a couple of weeks before it came up, and then again, you know, three days before it was up or whatever, because I actually have to call them and be like, okay, you know, let me renew for you know X amount of months or whatever, and gotcha charge my car so but now i don't know i'm just gonna have to pick up the phone one day and call them and be like so when does this renew because i forgot uh so just grab the csv and look that up when you think about it next and throw it back into newest that's probably what i'm gonna do but that's one of the reasons i don't want to delete drafts right because i've been using drafts since 2012 i know there's (laughs) probably not anything from 2013 that i need to be worried about but i'm pretty sure sometime in the past few years couple of years there's something that if i deleted it i would one day need it i would go looking for it in the place that i expect it to be and it wouldn't be there right Uh, i can however do a backup of drafts. Uh, but I've been thinking about what I have been thinking about with note taking in general is like maybe defaulting. And I thought about doing this in the context of wiping my phone, uh, possibly wiping it. I don't know if I would actually wipe it, hmm. uh, but upgrading to the beta, uh, iOS 16. Is that where we're at? Yeah. 16, iOS 16 beta on the phone. I do have it on my iPad right now. Um, but going up to it on the phone, I was like, well, maybe I should start trying to use Apple's notes. I'm always a little it's strange because I'm a little resistant to using Apple notes. And the main reason is that it's like, well, that locks me into Apple's ecosystem uh, with their notes. I can't do <laughs> Apple's notes on Windows if I had to go to Windows. Now, there's always a little voice in the back. Well, you're using drafts. What are you going to do if you have to leave <laughs> drafts? But, you know, I can just export drafts as text and that's fairly easy and straightforward. I don't have to go hunting through the internet. You can share notes as text documents, can't you? I don't know because I haven't used <laughs> notes. The last time that I actually tried out notes just in a, a very general way to check out new features and stuff like, no, you could not. I could share a note with someone else that was on an Apple device. Uh, I could do shared notes with people so that we could do sort of a collabor- collaborative type of thing inside of a note. And there are a lot of good features in notes that are, that are functional. Uh, and a lot of what Apple adds is, as features like QuickNote, like QuickNote would be super useful for me for taking notes because I can have that go into a folder inside of notes. Uh, okay, apparently Club Deck says something went wrong. What went wrong, Club Deck? I don't know. He's still here. Both of us. Uh, okay, well, I'm going to PTR. It just popped up a dialogue. just took over my whole screen like, oops, something went wrong. Something went wrong. Something went wrong says voiceover <laughs> so i've thought about apple notes uh quick note that's where i was at uh quick note looks interesting they're bringing it to the iphone and ios 16 it's on the ipad it's on the mac right now 
Um, I'm sorry. I think it's kind of broken on the Mac though, because I accidentally some kind of way ended up with Quick Note up on the screen. I just <laughs> got stuck. Like I couldn't do anything. So it wasn't really a huge. Like oh yeah, I really want to go to Apple Notes now. Start using this. Get stuck in the freaking Quick Note window. Can't get out. It's the awesome. Only, the only thing I'm using notes for myself is a shared note that I have with Marty for the unmute project that we're doing. That's. That's the only notes that I use. Notes for me is also like reminders is for me on iOS. I don't want to open it because I see there's a lot of failure there. A lot of great <laughs> ideas that I had that I never follow, followed through with. And and Apple is rude enough to you that it'll show you shit from 2017. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff there. Uh but yeah, that that's um, I've been thinking about, and then I got other tools that I use, and I I try to keep things siloed to a certain extent. Like I use DevonThink, uh, but a lot of what I use DevonThink for is just capturing information. Like hmm. I need to hold on to this for long term, you know, research, or I need to hold on to this because one day I'm going to search it out. Like an example for for you know people listening of the type of things that I put in DevonThink are like code snippets for WordPress, right? Like you find a little good snippet from a plugin that says, this is how you change this output or this behavior or whatever. Like I will usually grab that and save it in DevonThink, usually with a link back to the to the page or wherever I actually found the explanation of how to do something too, but I have that information in a database. So if I go in there, I know I can search, you know, uh, Gravity Forms, Stripe customer ID uh, and and find all of the relevant notes or, or links that I have saved related to that topic uh, to help me fix a problem. DevonThink uh, is a tool I've never played with. So why couldn't DevonThink be your long-term note solving or your long-term note solution and then just archive anything that doesn't go into DevonThink after, I don't know, seven days or something? Wait, say that again? So use DevonThink as your main place where you keep notes. So mm -hmm. if you, let's say, add something to drafts so that you know you're going to need later or you think you're going to need later, have it added oh, to DevonThink. Oh, I see what you mean. And then Start. if you haven't acted on that in like a week or a month or something, then auto-delete those drafts. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. then you can search it. I've how thought it, about that. How is draft search? Um... It is, it's okay, I guess, if you know what you're looking for. Ah. It, would you say draft search or DevonThink search is better? DevonThink search is better. Okay. okay. Hands down. So but yeah. because they're also using AI. Right. Uh, to search out stuff and find things that are related. So if I search gravity form Stripe, like I'm probably going to run across some other stuff related to Stripe and gravity forms as I drill further down the results list. Uh, because it's it's uh it's, it's trying to be intelligent as well as just searching for what you typed in. It's more like Google search than say like Spotlight search. I guess is how I would. Come. Is there a web interface to DevonThink or any way to access that data on Android or Windows? Nope. Uh, if I were to upgrade to their, I forget the what, what license, whatever their their server license, I think it is. Like I could set up at that point if I were on using that, if I paid for that license, it would give me a web interface to access uh, a database from the web. I tried this out with DevonThink two because the version I had did include that feature. The, the latest version, DevonThink three. Uh, there's personal, I think is what it is. No, just DevonThink three, DevonThink. 
3 Pro and then Server Edition or something like that. At any rate, the web interface was okay. It's not something I would really want to use. Uh, I have not seen what it looks like in version 3, and I'm not going to pay, I think it will cost me 300 bucks to get up there. Oh, no. For it either, right? That's the thing that kind of that I kind of find myself fighting with, and the reason that I'm a little resistant to kind of making any sort of move at the moment. Like I feel like I'm kind of paralyzed. Like to do is works. Like there's issues mm-hmm. here and there occasionally, but to do is generally works. And one of the reasons I'm more comfortable with to do is, even though there are features that I wish they had, like just give me deferred dates, man. Uh, you and the rest of Reddit. Uh, you know, solemn, solemn looking for, you know, stop being like Apple. You know, everybody wants this thing. So why don't you just give it to us and stop trying to make us wait for seven years before you're like, and now introducing deferred dates. Did you have it? Yeah. Don't do that. Or just just, rename one of your features that you expect people to use as a deferred date to deferred dates and then make them learn how to use it in the way you want them to learn it or use it. Something, something, uh, but yeah, um, but it's cross-platform, right? So if I am, if I decide to put the beta on my phone, for example, and then you know it is really difficult. Well, you know, I got a beta to use my phone at least, like to make phone calls, like actual right. phone calls, and, right. and text people. Well, you know, pop the SIM card out of the iPhone, stick it into the. Um, Wait, we'll say this the thing Samsung. can call people. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes uh, that's broken too on betas. <laughs> Uh-huh, yeah. But pop the SIM card out of the iPhone, put it in the Pixel phone, and at least now my phone calls work, uh, you know, things. But also have to do this. Or if I decide I want to spend some extra time with the Pixel phone, you know, just working on Android stuff. You are on beta on the Pixel stuff. phone, too. Yeah, but, you know. Just say it. It's to strange work. to say. Sometimes Google betas are more stable than Apple. <laughs> Yeah, that that is that is true. A lot of times I don't realize I'm on beta until yeah. I run into like until recently with the you know some of the updates coming with Talkback uh, or some of the changes in in the Talkback beta. I think we can talk about those. Well, not necessarily. I think we can talk about those to a certain extent because that public beta is. If I think if you're on the public beta of Android, you're also able to get the Talkback beta. Is that right? I think so, but that that's what's coming this year. So. They they did announce that. Um, but other than recently, like I'll say the past couple of weeks with the latest uh, Android accessibility suite or Google accessibility suite, I forget exactly what it's called. Uh, Updates. Typing is weird. Mm. Uh, but again, it's beta. And, but it's and beta. the nice thing about it is most of the time you don't even notice it. Yeah, most of the time I don't because I've been on a beta. Like I was on the 12 beta for a while. Uh, and, you know, generally I, I don't I had to leave the, the 12 beta, beta to go to the To get to the 13. Beta. Yeah, yeah. That was, that, was a, that was an experience. One of these days I need to actually see what public Android is like or stuff like that. <laughs> <Chrome> <laughs> beta. What do you mean you can't push that button? You don't have that button? How did you not? Have, oh, <laughs> yeah, that, that that's that's kind of a problem going on with Apple a little bit, too. Uh, I was talking to a good friend of ours the other day and trying to walk her through how to do something. And I wrote out, you know, go here, go here. You're going to see this button. Do this. And she's like, uh, mine doesn't say this. It says this. Uh, I was like, OK, so you have not upgraded Mac OS since some version another <laughs> before Monterey or whatever. Yeah, we're on Monterey now. So you're back before now, which means you haven't updated. Yeah. Uh, 
And then unless you're someone who is not me, that level of explaining how to do something is substantially more complex because I don't remember how to do it. I don't know how to do it now, but. Oh, no. So see, all I did, I actually went through and looked. It was just changing some system preferences. Ah. Uh, deleting a network from your network settings gotcha. and system preferences on the Mac. It's just that one of the options I told her to uh, select or what she was going to be looking for. Uh, was worded differently in 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 a previous version of Mac OS because I went and actually went through and looked at it very quickly like how do I do this so I made sure I told her exactly the right steps because I was typing <laughs> not talking. I figured out this triangle on the Soundcraft Signature Twelve MTK. Man, fuck this board. I I, I figured them out, Demasi. The what left one is your monitoring for the left slider. The right one is monitoring for the right slider. The top one, mono, uh, mixes both sliders into one. Wait, hold on. Okay. <laughs> so the left one the left one is monitoring? Yep. For the left it's, it's like the master. Okay, so it's so that you can hear what you're sending out. Of, yes. You can, you can hear what you're sending out of group one. What's okay. going on in group one. Right one is what's going on in group two. You can hear that. And then the top one mixes the two of them together into I a stereo signal? I believe that's what it's doing, yes. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Now that I'm not using it, you know. Uh-huh, yeah. That's that's usually how it happens, though. Like, you stop using something, and then you're like, oh, I figured out what that problem was with that thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm still using it. I'm just not using that channel set up. But, yeah, I don't know what to do about those, man. Like, all this stuff is out there, too, but I don't like any of it. Uh, Google Docs would be amazing if it was a little bit better on mobile. Like that could potentially, and if it was easier to just shove data into a note, like just append data to a note. Which apparently, For people who did not know, you can create a new doc quickly by going to docs.new. Docs.new. Yep. Docs.new, and then you have a new document called Untitled. Google, if you're listening, prompt me for a name for that doc. That way, I don't have 20 or 30 or 40 untitled dot doc. <laughs> because <laughs> that's what i find myself doing is just opening a new tab typing docs.new and going there and and typing what i need to take note of and then closing out because i don't have to save it because it's already going to be there notepad and i have had our we've we've had our time together i like notepad it's really lightweight easy to open but if you have to force restart your computer or if you're not paying attention and you restart your computer and you don't save it you lose that shit Google Docs and I are getting along real nice because I just go to docs.new, type something, and then it's there. Again, I do have probably 30 or 40 untitled docs. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's, uh, yeah, I, I would appreciate, like, in, at least set my initial focus to the title field mm-hmm. so I can maybe type something in there or something. Cause, or, or Google, you know, you could also do this. If I'm starting to close the browser, you could pop up a little thing like you really want to do to say, are you sure you want to quit Chrome? Always disable that option. But since you want to do that, you could, you know, pop up something that says, hey, are you sure you want to quit this doc without naming it? And it's like, hey, no, no, give, I'm not give, sure. Give me a name. Give this doc a name, damn it. Yeah. But if I do close it without giving it a name, then okay, feel free to do the untitled thing. Cause that, that is to me a nice failover because if you have to like hard reset your, you know, restart your computer, like, well, you know, that data is still there. It's just going to be called untitled, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, quick search for recent if you're trying to get back to it will help you find it quicker. 
again, it comes down to the fact that we need two things. I th- I th- I think the ideal note so note taking solution would be three things. One, it would give you a way to quickly input the data drafts. Two, it would give you a way to quickly search the data, which sounds like Devin think I need to look into that. And three, it would be nice if it could do multi, uh, format. For example, day one for me, I've been forwarding emails to day one to one of my journals called recipes from HelloFresh. And so I'll grab the HelloFresh recipe that we're making and I'll copy that and then paste it into a new email. And then I'll send that over to uh, day one just by writing recipes because I added them to my contacts. But day one can also do audio and it will transcribe that audio. I have not searched day one, so I don't know if it'll solve that. And the getting content into it can kind of be problematic. Although as I'm saying, like not problematic, you open day one, you tap add new entry or record new audio or add new picture. But again, you have to tap that add button. Um, I have not played with widgets. Can you, can you put an ad thing on a widget? I guess you could put a deal a deep link into the app to where you start yeah, a new text. That, that's what some people are doing. Like you can, you know, they'll have an ad, you know, like, cause the to do is add new task, uh, option. If you set that up as mm. a widget, like on iOS, all it's doing is just taking you into to do list, but it's deep linking you to the new task screen. So you're already there. Oh, one last thing that it has to have. See, we, we have too many requirements. At least I do. So that's four search <laughs> quick to add search, uh, multiple formats. That one I could live without because honestly, I just need a way to take down notes. But it also has to be cross-platform. And day that's one does the killer me that one for me of. right there is that cross-platform uh, situation because I would prefer to be cross-platform because I am, um, you know, I'm routinely kind of using Android um, mm. a bit more and more. And there's always, for me at least, because I know this is how I think and I know it is possible that I may jump to Android and just start using Android phone for some months, right? Have my iPhone just hanging out up here in this little camera mount thing or whatever. It's like, where's your iPhone? I don't know. It's just somewhere in there. But, uh, or, or, you know, Apple could, you know, come out and do something foolish and now going back to Windows because, yeah. Like they could that. take away that loop, that that roundabout way of getting loop back and audio hijack to work on the Mac, and and that would like do it right do away. It. That yep. that would that would do it right away. I gotta tell you, man, if they don't hurry up and do something about these freaking notifications and how they work, though, like that that may be <laughs> enough to do, like. I'm gonna get to a point that I don't get any notifications on my Mac whatsoever because I hate notifications and I do not like the way that it works. It is broken. Uh, and it's also annoying. It's super annoying to me that FaceTime can take over my focus and shove my focus into its notification when someone's calling me. But if the telephone app, for example, is ringing, oh, no, there's no, even though it's set up to do an alert, there's no just jump into that. There's no take the focus and move there. No, no, none of that. They want you to use their FaceTime. Screw that. FaceTime sucks. Actually, FaceTime really isn't bad, but it's rude. Tell you that. Yes. Stomps on your audio. Shoves it all the way down. It's yep. Like, geez, man. And it <laughs> uses whatever input and output it wants to use. Man, it does what it <laughs> <laughs> does whatever the hell it wants to do. Uh, Definitely think, interestingly enough, does offer like the multi-format deal. So you can do text files, just regular text files. You can do markdowns. You can do RTF. Uh, 
They do audio. You can do images. I don't know if they do video or not. I do know you can save, and you can save anything in the Devin thing. So it can be a web page, a link to a bookmark to a web page, or uh, a web archive where they'll save the, the HTML of the page offline. Uh, there's a lot, lot of capabilities there for saving stuff, but that quick entry is the is the that's the thing that has kept me kind of complacent with drafts, even though I feel like I'm not using it in the right way anymore. I'm not doing the best I should be doing with it at the moment. Is because I open it up and you know what? There's a new draft every time. It works. It works, it works, it works. So you wanted to talk about something Marlon mentioned to you. Yep, just just in passing, uh, I was talking to our friend Marlon uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he mentioned to me that Apple Music has ambient sounds. I don't know when they added this. I didn't know it existed. I didn't know it was a thing. I use dark noise. Yes, dark noise for ambient sounds. Uh, but yeah, he said that he just used uh, uh, Hey S and said play the sound of play sounds of rain and music or something along those lines and he got a track that just had rain sounds just sounds of rain the uh from his i haven't tried it out at all uh because i kind of forgot about it until i was looking at the doc i was like oh yeah <laughs> yeah adding but, add stuff to the doc <laughs> uh-huh that's that's why i added it because i was like i'll forget about it uh but he did say the only the only negative I guess he had with it is he says that like basically like the, the rain track or whatever. I think he said he does like the sound of waves or something for his wife. Um, is that it's actually a track like a music track? So it plays for you know five minutes, ten minutes or whatever, and then even if you have it on repeat, like you get that slight pause in between the end of the track and then they replaying or going to the next track or whatever like you get just a little bitty small pause and so it's like that's noticeable uh, I haven't used it I've also noticed recently with Apple Music that if I'm listening to a song like it goes right into the next song as if I'm listening to a CD now which you did not used to do on iTunes on the Windows that's I, I can barely even get that sentence out on iTunes and windows. You can go into the preferences and have it crossfade, which is kind of cool. Now, I don't know if Marlon knew this, but if you, and I don't know if you were aware of this either, but if you go to accessibility in settings on iOS and then tap on audio visual, there's an option for you to go ahead and turn on background sounds. And I believe that will allow you to pick and choose different types of backgrounds sounds so if i tap on that right now and i turn that on it looks like i can have rain i can set the volume i can have it play uh with my media or i can have it play um and or i can have it play while it the phone is locked now i'm taking a look in here there's ocean rain and stream and then you can choose how much dark noise or n light noise you want. So something to play around with that huh. I've heard about. I forgot I about that feature. Yeah. I was just playing with it while, while talking. Weird things. But I'm glad to know that it's on Apple Music, though, because that I don't know if you can tell Siri to turn on white noise or to turn on, you know, rain noise or something. I haven't tried. Huh. I'll have to play around with that. Yeah, I, I picked up Dark Noise, I don't know, a couple of years ago. Uh, and I 
to kind of use that. The thing I, I did mention to Marlon, uh, and I'll say it here, is like the reason I like, like it's cool that that's on Apple Music, I'll probably still keep using Dark Noise because Dark Noise will let me blend different sounds together. Ooh, that is cool. So I started out and I have like a nice little meditation um, soundscape now. And I started with the sound of a campfire. And then I added in some night sounds so you get like the crickets and frogs and all that crap and then I added in the sound of a I want to say it was a brook a brook stream but you know a body of water just kind of trickling past or whatever so in my mind where I'm at is I'm sitting on the side of a creek uh, with a campfire going at night and I am staring at the fire and contemplating the matters of life uh, and it lets you adjust the volume of each one. So, like, I can have the brook be a little quiet because maybe it's a little further away. Dial up the, you know, you can kind of do a lot of adjustments for nice. each individual sound, but you can blend all those together uh, in a way and then just save them. So, instead of having to go build that, I have that saved and I go in and I just hit meditate, uh, play, you know, play to meditate deal. And then it starts my whole little thing. So, that is super cool. Uh, I liked it. Took me a little bit to figure out, like, how would I use this when he added it? I was like, oh, I get it. <laughs> you should grab a clip of that, like a 45-second or a minute clip, and we'll, we'll weave it in with you talking about it in post-production. Ah, good deal. I will do that for you. Yeah, I need to play with that app. Well, I, I might want to look at picking it up because I haven't. We went and did the extreme and bought an air conditioner for white noise. So. Well, <laughs> I mean, I get the benefit, added benefit of it cooling us down. I was going to say, like, the benefit to that white noise, though, is that, you know, <laughs> yeah. it, it actually is cooling you down. So, uh Wait, did I lose your mic? No, I'm still oh. here. I was waiting to see because it said you were editing near me, so I wasn't sure if you were going to transition into the next I, I topic. I was, or... but then I, I I didn't hear like anything at all. I was yeah, like, I know. It's never quiet on my end all the way. Wait, drop out? What happened? Uh, no, for once, it's quiet. Mallory had to go to work for Graveyard tonight, so uh, I will probably edit tonight. Maybe have all that stuff done by the end of tonight and then get it all scheduled to go out on Tuesday. That'll cool. be fun. Uh, so, speaking of noise, tell us about <laughs> this new setup that you got going on. So, Mike has done more with his audio setup. Uh, I need to stop. I have an addiction. <laughs> so, quick side note before you get there, though. So, friend of the show, Amanda, reached out to me and she asked me had I... Uh, and I looked at the road. I'm going to get the name of it wrong, but it's road. Roadcaster. Uh, yeah, the USB yeah. interface. <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm direct messaging Stephen Scott about that because he has one and he pre-ordered his other one, the new one. Uh, there's a new one. <laughs> yeah, there's a new one that just came out on the twelfth. The Roadcaster uh. Two, which has, I believe, digital sliders and physical sliders. Hmm. Huh. Yeah, I'll be interested to know how that how that turns out. But she asked me about it, and I said, well, I did look at that one. I said, the touchscreen is what, what kind of turned me off. Like, I could get, you know, assistance, sighted assistance to get it set up. But if I needed to or wanted to change something on the fly, which is, you know, 
normal. It's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> so I yeah. couldn't do it. Uh, and she was saying, well, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, end of tax year for her. And she was like, you know, I can got some money. I can make some purchases and, and, and you know, do some things. Mm. And she was like, you know, since you and Michael have new microphones, <laughs> like I wanted one too. <laughs> We're not sorry that we cause people to spend money. <laughs> Uh, and I just found that hilarious because she's like, since you and Michael both have new microphones, I figured I would get me one too. I was like, wow, I don't think I've ever had that much influence on someone's <laughs> purchasing decision. Which does tell me, though, Amanda does listen to the show because I have not had that conversation with her about new right? microphones. Uh, yep, yep. So thank you for listening, Amanda. We appreciate it. Absolutely. So yeah, I picked up a PodTrack P4. And this is a $220 audio interface that gives me the ability to do things like that, which now that I think about it, I probably shouldn't have done because now it's going to be in the recording, but whatever, it'll be, it'll be like it truly was. Uh, it's a, it's a very little device, very narrow. Um, and it does have a menu structure that I have not gone through. I haven't made any changes to, I don't even have an SD card in here yet because I'm using it as a mic input. So my microphone is not plugged into the Soundcraft signature anymore. I'm not doing the weird routing anymore. It's plugged directly into the P4. Then the P4 is plugged in with one cable via USB because you only need to use the port closest to you in order to uh, power the device. It will run off of USB-C power. Which is good. And, you know, I can use it. I will tell you, other people have uh, mentioned some noise on the P4 with when you plug audio into the headphones. And that is the case. Now, I am horrible because I don't have a way of monitoring myself directly. I have a way to monitor myself to get my levels the way I want them. But uh, right now, I don't have direct monitor which means I could be super hot on the microphone and I wouldn't be aware of it until I listened to the recording later or someone else told me. However, on the right side of the computer, I do have the P4 plugged in. I have the four standard pads that I can just reach over and hit a button and play noises on. I really should get the uh, outro on here so I can play that when it's time to wrap it up. And I do have physical mute buttons. I don't necessarily like that they are buttons, mainly because I don't know if I'm muted on the P4. Uh, I can check that real quick, but that doesn't help you when you want to be muted. Uh, so I've found myself using Zoom to mute myself more, but that's besides the point. And then on the that's on the right side of the computer. I think I said the left. On the left side of the computer, I still have the Soundcraft Signature 12 MTK. And with that, that's where all of my output goes to is that that ginormous board. Uh, it, it allows me to keep my routing where I want to send the audio. And then what I did is I went into sound settings in Windows, went to recorder and chose the P4, and I set I hit properties and then I went in and I said, listen to on channels one, two of the Soundcraft signature 12 MTK. So if I ever want to hear what the Soundcraft is sending over my computer, I simply hit monitoring on channel one or two on my headphones. And then I hear the audio because it's, it's listening to that. It's not sending it anywhere, but right now it's sending it into my headphones. So it's, it's very, there is a slight delay, but it, and to me, for me, it's doable if I have it set up right every once in a while, 
if you asked a mossy, I will slow down my words because there's a bit of enough delay. But this still gives me the flexibility of reaching over and turning audio up and down on whatever channel I want. And having music in stereo and being able to adjust that slider. But with the P4, I also have the flexibility of taking it with maybe the Q2U with me and Jaws and my voice will come through the P4. It's a, a lightweight, easy to throw in a bag or something and add it to your to-go package. I'm going to repeat what I said a few days ago. I am not buying one of these things. I think he is. Probably absolutely. not yet, but I think I absolutely refuse. Although, I don't know, Demos, I need to stop listening to other people's podcasts. That's what I need to do. <laughs> because I'm having the influence that we have had on Amanda. You sounded um, like me. I was like, all right, I want you to buy my stuff. No, I'm not buying your stuff. Yeah. Listen to my show. No, I don't listen to your show. But you got to listen to mine, though, right? Cause I'm just, yeah, <laughs> but if I listen to other people's shows, they'll be like, hey, so I'm using this, this road podcaster set up and this is kind of cool because you can do this and you can do that and then i'll end up with one of those too i don't got room on this desk for anything else so I, I i don't there's no way oh oh one last thing uh people say well michael if you're on the go how are you going to uh be able to get audio to the p4 and make sure that it's recording and everything like that if you are concerned about that or if you don't want to pull the power from your laptop because you have a lenovo legion that's battery doesn't last longer than three hours when you're on battery then you can use something like the at guys uh audible or at guys accessible power bank and power the p4 from that uh the p4 itself is a little bit longer than the power bank um but it's the same width so they sit right on top of each other very nicely Cool. I was going to ask you about that because I heard somebody say that uh, one of the things they didn't like is that you always had to plug in both cables. No, uh, one I for, thought you did. One for I don't think you said that to me though. I heard that from somewhere else. Ah, uh, okay, somebody said that, and I was like, huh, that that seems like a very weird, you know, thing. Like if mm -hmm. I'm plugged into a computer, you should be bus powered, right? Which is what it is. But I heard someone was like, oh, well, you have to plug in both cables at the same time and i was like that doesn't that 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 seems horrible uh it sounds cool that is a that is a two in two out device as yes. far as Windows is concerned. Right? yeah that's the only downside for mm -hmm. me like i i yeah that, Man, well, I, that's I, not I went, the only downside but that is one yeah. of the downsides it's one of the things that makes it more difficult for me to say i'm gonna buy one of these because i don't like the touch screen because i gotta get somebody to help me get that set up and you know if i go fiddling around with stuff i gotta get somebody to help with that uh, i do realize that there are some ways to learn the menu you said touch screen full transparency he doesn't like the buttons on it the the screen with the menu not a touch screen huh? this, one this one doesn't have a touch screen you're thinking of the roadcaster, but you said uh, like the touch screen. Yeah, I don't like the menu structure. Yeah, because it doesn't talk to me. Uh, I do know that there are ways to figure out or or memorize kind of enough to get stuff done and sit down and save some of your presettings that you want to use for certain environments. But I know me; I'm a tweaker. Like mm. I love the only the only the one hundred percent only thing I do not like about this Soundcraft is that it just pushes audio across USB very low. 
Like, that's the only problem I have. Otherwise, everything else about it, like, yeah, it doesn't have as much I.O. as I want, but I knew that when I bought it, though. Right? Mm-hmm. I bought the one that I could afford to buy, not the one that gave me, you know, massive amounts of inputs and outputs. So um, if you're listening and you know something that'll send decent levels, because that's the only reason I'm using two different audio interfaces, is I like <laughs> the flexibility of being able to adjust what's going into my headphones with the slider. Yes, I can do it with software. I know, but I want to reach over and slide a slider. There is nothing more satisfying to me than sliding a slider up and the music getting louder in my headphones. Just say, I mean, I'm sure there's more satisfying things, but you get the point. Uh, the the two in, two out is not is not ideal for me, and the volume level of the Soundcraft is not ideal. So, if someone could get me a solution, even if I had to pay more money, I would I would pay more money. I just want something to be able to send audio at decent levels so people can hear me, so I don't have to do some weird convoluted route audio from groups one into channel eleven twelve and tell VOIP to pick up channel eleven twelve. That's fine. That can be done. But why does it have to be done? But I shouldn't have to do that, right? Yeah. That's the problem. Like, it's cool you can do that because you know you're doing a lot of lot of um, you're doing what this board is meant to do in some some aspects, right? Because you're uh-huh. mixing audio. But at the same time, <laughs> I shouldn't have to do that in order for people to and hear me. And then I'm back in the same situation. Well, for the most part, I did discover what these buttons do, and it would have saved me a little bit of time. But I am back in the position that I am in right now is I don't know what I'm sending to air. I don't know what people will hear from me. I I think I know, but I don't know for sure. Yeah. Same as you, though. Um, I, I do want to, and we've been looking at some boards. Nope. Don't remember the names of any of them at the moment. Nope. Nope. We don't remember. But- We have been looking at the boards and just for anybody interested, since Mike is thrown, you know, thrown out there, like if you have any suggestions, what I think we're both looking for, uh, Michael, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I can speak for both of us and say that number one, we want a board with at minimum 12 inputs, uh, like 12, 12, Mm -hmm. eight to 12 inputs, because I don't need that many. No, if, if, if it can route audio the way I need it to, I don't need 12 inputs. Yeah, I don't know. So, like any eight, eight or better as far as input is going. Hopefully, with a couple of of line ins. But you know, me and Mike have been buying XLR to uh, <laughs> whatever cables to take up some of those additional microphone, you know, inputs that we're not going to use. But at minimum, eight channels of uh, input for USB. We want it to do multi-track uh, or, or multi-channel across USB. So right now, the Soundcrafts that we both have uh, send. They 14. send across 14 channels of audio uh, into a computer, and they will receive 12 channels of audio back out. Uh, and you get that that number because they're counting the master as uh, two channels. So you got 12 individual channels on the board plus master stereo. Uh, gives us 14 in, 12 out. Uh, that for me is a must if mm-hmm. I'm going to replace this board. Right. That that is an absolute must because of just the way that I want to be able to route audio on my system. Like I want to be able to pull audio from specific channels and not have to do a lot of faffing around with software necessarily because I don't like that. Like I know a lot of stuff can be done in software. This new um, it's those guys. I can't focus right. The new focus right uh, audio interface that came out sounds somewhat interesting. Uh, 
I think it has some some interesting, some possible routing capabilities. But honestly, I stopped looking all that hard once I discovered that most of the flexibility in how audio is routed and, and controlling certain features and functions is, is dependent upon software. Have heard that the software is accessible. That's great. But listen, if I'm trying to tweak the output or tweak my levels, I want to be able to, just like Mike said, reach over to my board and adjust my level not have to go flip and find the window that has the freaking software open so I can go adjust it. Like, it's not how I want to work. Right? Because voiceover will tell me that it is is not responding. Uh, And then what do I do? Like, now I'm just frozen and I'm blowing out everybody's ears. So multi-track across the wire. Uh, Like Mike, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm willing to pay more than the 500 bucks that I paid for this board. This is a hell of a good board for the price. It's just the USB output is, is not you know, up to snuff because it's just not loud enough. doesn't push enough audio up. But Especially with the more live environments because recording is good. Recording for us, this board well, recording is fine because we can pull, you know, we can always pull audio levels up if we yep. have to, right, yep. after the fact. But, yeah, it's that live environment where it's not great where, when I'm, you know, streaming into or doing a Zoom call or, or even doing this right now. Right now I'm doing mm-hmm. weird routing audio tree. But back to the P4. Uh there's a P8, by the way, uh, Mike told me about. Mike was trying to get me to buy the P8. Yeah, just wanted to know what it was like. Uh, but see, that, that two and two. So Mike's, one, one reason, I told Mike this, I was like, you know, one reason I think that is is good for you if you decide to keep the P4, which he has now decided to do, but we were initially talking about this, is like you're going to be traveling to do stuff for uh, AT guys and, and uh, different uh, convention things with ACB like there is a need for you to have a pocket sized recorder uh, and I told Mark I said think about this like Zoom makes pocket recorders or field recorders as they call them uh, the only difference in what Mike has now as far as I know versus their more traditional field recorders is this doesn't come with the microphone with, with a set of microphones built in uh, but Zoom has been making field recorders for years that give you you know uh, anywhere between one to, I think they had one out that had eight XLR oh, inputs wow. on it. Yeah. Uh, and recorded multi-track to an SD card and all of that. And it was meant to be, you know, taken into the field and you're doing your recordings. Uh, I was like, well, this is what you now have. Like, you have one of those things now. It just also happens to serve dual purpose as yeah. a audio interface uh, if you need to use it that way, which, again, most of their field recorders did. Uh, so it's it's a good purchase because when he's in Omaha in a couple of weeks and he wants to do a recording, uh, do an interview with someone or something like that, well, he could just sit down and actually get some decent audio. He ain't passing his iPhone back and forth. <laughs> nope, not this time. Using Apple memos or whatever it's called, voice memos. I'll record one person on my uh, – or I'll record one. Actually, you know what you could do? Record one person on the iPhone, have them hold your iPhone, and then you record yourself on your Apple Watch. Mm. I don't know mm. how the audio quality is for the Apple Watch. It's it's all right. Uh, I actually haven't tried it with the with the what, with the what watch do I have? Yeah, the the six. It, it was pretty. It was better than expected, but it's not one hundred percent great. Like, and then if you know if you're in a noisy environment, I don't know mm-hmm. how it will behave. Let's see what Isotope does with that. Uh, but yeah, there's a there's a cool. Uh, it's a good reason to have it. I just I'm, I'm lazy. I'm yeah. lazy and I'm old and I'm crotchy and I don't want to learn. I, and it I costs spent, money. 
it does cost money, but I also spent too many years of my life memorizing tab two times, down arrow four times, right arrow once, down arrow two more times, type, hit return, tab three times, hit space. I don't want to remember that, man. You you got other things to put your mind to work to, like abandoning Google. Man, Google has abandoned me. Oh, oh, I didn't no, know I'm what kidding. was going on with that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It does read every time I read it, I have to stop for a second because I'm like, I wrote this, but if I read it, it seems like Google abandoned me. No, I'm just kind of still in that space I was a few months ago where I've been thinking about uh, leaving behind my Google Workspace account. Um, and I just hadn't gotten there. Um, they have made it slightly easier for me to attempt to do this if I really wanted to. We now have the Google Workspace Essentials uh, plan, which does start free, gives you up to 25 users. And what you get with this plan are basically the things I would actually need to keep for workspace in order for my business and probably my life to work. Because uh, I would get Google Calendar. I would still have Google Chat. Google Meet, uh, 30 gigs of drive stores, but I could always easily pay for enough you know, drive stores to deal with that. I give them three bucks a month, give me 100 gigs of drive stores, I'll probably be all right. And I think that's it. I don't get mail, uh, and I don't get something else. I can't remember what it was. Mail is the major thing I don't get. Um, but it gives me the, because the thing I cannot drop at this point, because I don't have a solution to solve it, because I'm not going to switch over to Microsoft, uh, is calendar. Like, there's not very much that would connect to, uh, that connects to anything except Google and Microsoft calendars. Uh, a lot of automation tools uh, don't connect to anything else. But I've been thinking about going to Fastmail for email and, and all of that management stuff, and then using Using number one, the capability to sync, to keep my calendars in sync between Fastmail and Google to keep my calendar in sync and uh, dropping down to the Workspace Essentials program, if that's something that I can do and not have to pay Google the crazy amount of money on paying them every month. Hold on. Hold on. Your integration. Shut up. That's what happens when we say Google. At least that's what happens when I say it. I'm going to turn that off. But you would lose your integrations, especially for mail. And Oh, hmm. but I haven't set those up yet. Okay. But that is the other thing that kind of has kept me from really actually pulling it, especially when I found out about the Essentials program, because I set up... Uh, set up a friend of ours lure on the essentials program for her team uh so that they have like uh the calendar stuff and google chat and all of that uh they didn't need the mail but she just wanted some of the google features uh so that was i was like oh okay this is great but like you said like you came up with a genius idea that i have actually never thought of or at least i never implemented and forgot about it uh but it was a genius idea when you told me about it the other day which was using gmail when i start an email send that email to todoist uh and extending upon that a little bit have it go to an actual specific label 
uh, so that I know these are my email follow-up things or something like that that I need to look at. And then if I need to move them to a different project because they're associated with a customer or they're associated with, you know, a, another project is going on somewhere else, I can do that. But at least I have all of those. That makes it much easier for me to get something into to do is versus trying to forward an email to a random email address. And I'm not going to keep up with trying to send an email to each project, which means mm-hmm. getting a project email address like no too much. But you are right. Uh, if I uh, don't have workspace mail, uh, you know, I go to FastMail or any any other company that is not Google or Microsoft uh, for email. There may be a couple others out there, but those are the two that I'm most familiar with. If it's not one of those two places, then I'm not going to have integrations with web services like IFTTT or Zapier, which again, I'm now thinking about paying for Zapier because <laughs> I, need, I need several zaps to get some things done. So expensive though, 30 bucks a month. Like I liked it when it was $20. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. But you know, don't want to say, I've thought about this a couple of times. Some people might think that we're lazy when we're trying to do all this automation. But for me, I do automation so I can do other shit. And I imagine that's the same reason you do it. You set up. That automation. is really what it's about. Like it is is more to well, it's two things. Is is one, I can focus on doing something else as opposed to doing something very mundane and, and, and repetitive. Secondarily, it keeps me from making possible human mistakes, having those human errors mm-hmm. creep in occasionally. Yeah. Because if I if if I learn, if I if I figure out what the process is that needs to be automated, get that automated and consistent, the computer is less likely to goof up. And usually if the computer goofs up, like it just doesn't do it. I will do something and have made a mistake. The computer will be like, oh, well, we couldn't connect to that server, so we didn't do anything. It's like, okay, <laughs> try it again. Yeah. Like- uh, so it, that, that's the second reason is like being able to make sure that I have removed the likelihood of human error coming into play because it is repetitive things that I think I'm doing right. You know, how many times have you been sitting there deleting a whole bunch of files on the on, uh-huh. on somewhere or deleting a whole yep. bunch of something and for some reason you can't just select everything that you need first and then hit delete. You're just going through one by one and you are you know, you accidentally delete something that you didn't intend on deleting, or you add something to your selection, your your uh selection that you didn't mean to add because it's gotten repetitive. Michael did that today with emails. <laughs> Luckily, with emails, I can find it again. Email, it's a lot easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, I did that today with emails. No, I just want to bring that up though, because you, you automation isn't just because oh I don't want to do it or or oh I don't think or I'm too lazy to do this or something. In some instances, it is because I am too lazy to go press start dishes timer, and I can just say start or hey. S lady, it's time for dishes, and that timer starts. I will tell you, when automations don't work, they do throw my day off. I have not tracked dishes doing this week because my automation got broke with my upgrade slash downgrade process. So according to Timery, I haven't done any dishes this week, which I know is not true. Yeah, that's... that's uh... No, it's just it's, 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 it's the consistency, like having something consistently done in the right way every time, right? It's like, you know, I, I still kind of struggle with toggle a little bit, trying to figure out a structure that's going to make yeah. it easy for me to filter down stuff, right? Because I, I, I forgot until I started setting it up this way again that if I create a project, I cannot create a project and toggle 
and then um, a project has to be associated with one client or customer or whatever they call it inside of Toggle. But like, I can't create like uh, WordPress development as a project and then just say, okay, well, start the, that timer for that mm-hmm. project. Uh, and then I want this to go to, you know, uh, pay on media, right? Like that's not going to work if I, it doesn't work in the way that I need it to. Like it, it kind of doesn't, it's not as flexible as I need it to be. You know what so I, I struggle with, with that is re is, is consuming the data that's been captured. Like yeah. reading reports and stuff. I'm capturing the data because I'm hopeful that at some time in the future, I'll be able to see, oh, in 2022, I spent seven days doing dishes because, you know, that's important information to be aware of. But right now I can't read those review or read those reports. Yeah, they are a little fiddly and timery. Yeah. Uh, I haven't tried in toggle, honestly. Uh, I haven't, I haven't even recently, like I, I don't, I, but I do need to figure out a solution for Taco. I think what I have worked out is I won't have any sort of projects. I'll just have tasks that I'm doing and they will be named as to what I'm doing. So if I am building a WordPress site, well, that's what the task is called. And then I'll use tags to associate those with the customer. I think that's going to be the best way for me to go forward with that at least. Because in order for me to start automating the tracking of my time, which will help me, again, not because I'm lazy and don't want to track the time, because, you know, sometimes I have to track the time because people are paying me hourly to do stuff, but to ensure that I don't neglect starting or stopping a timer or adding the appropriate information, like I need to figure out how to automate that. And I can't automate it until I have an actual definite system in place that works, uh, or at least that is, 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 you know, manageable. To do it screws me up because I can go set up a project for each client or each thing that I'm doing for a client or have a overall client project and then add sub projects up under it, right? Like that, that is kind of how I structure to do his projects. So there would be a pay on media project. And then if I was doing something on behalf of pay on media, I would make another project uh, and add that as a sub project to the overall pay on media project. Mm. Because that way I can just collapse your thing if I'm not working on it. Or if I need to share anything, I don't have to share the overall pay on media project with somebody, with someone who is working on, say, the JeromePay.com website. Because uh, the things that I got going on for pay on media may not be none of their freaking business. Right, right. Oh, my God. They'll be Do like, I, I thought Michael was writing that stuff. And he, yeah. Demasi's been writing that stuff the whole time. Like, no, you don't need to, people don't need to find out that way. They don't need to know our, the secret way of doing things. So, Demasi, question for you. With iOS 16 being announced, everything being official, we haven't actually talked about that now that I think about it. We have talked never, about that. Yeah. So, what now, knowing what you know, do you think is going to happen with iPhone 9 in September? So... If I had to guess, so this is this is my prediction. I, I could be wrong, uh, but this is my prediction for this year, uh, this year's iPhones. I do believe the rumor that they are killing off the iPhone mini. Maybe not. Maybe killing off is the wrong way because I still feel like they're going to bring that size screen back uh, at some point to serve as the SE. But we don't know when that's going to happen. But what I think we're going to get this year with the iPhone 14s, I believe, is where we're at. Yep. 
Uh, current rumor or the most credible rumor that I have heard that I kind of agree that I agree with is we're going to have two models of iPhones that we've had for the past few years, which is the iPhone and then the iPhone Pro. Uh, so we'll get the iPhone, iPhone Pro, iPhone Max, and then the iPhone Pro Max. Uh, names may be different. You know, they may call them something else, but that's what we're going to get. So the iPhone would be the regular size phone as we have right now or that Michael has right now, for example, like the 6.1 inch screen and then the iPhone Pro at that same screen size. And then the max size phones would be a standard iPhone, uh, just bigger, same size as the max phone happens to be right now, uh, which is 6.7 inches, I believe, or something along those lines. And then, of course, the Pro Max. I think one major difference or separator between the Pro Phone this year and the non-Pro Phone this year, it's going to be the Pro Phone is going to come with USB-C. Mm. Uh, or possibly, possibly, uh, possibly Thunderbolt, because it is... It is a possibility, not necessarily a probability, but a possibility that also with the Pro Phones this year, they're going to move up to a M-series chip uh, from the normal A-series uh, line of chips that go into the iPhones. Uh, but I do believe that the Pro Phones will get USB-C this year or at least have a USB-C port. Whether or not that port is Thunderbolt or just standard USB-C, we won't find out until we know whether or not they... Uh, stick with the A series of chips or go up to an M series. I sort of am expecting that they may put an M1, if not the M2, in the profile. Put the M1.5, and all the uh, <laughs> chips that go into phones will be 0.5s of that year. Uh, that's going to drive people crazy. <laughs> that's going to drive them crazy. Uh, but one reason I think this, because there's a rumor that I heard a few months ago that, oh, Apple's only going to upgrade the chip this year to the A16 for the Pro Series phones. And I'm like, that makes no sense. Uh, well, it made some sort of sense, but it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't believe that is, is the case. What I think they're missing is that Apple is not making as many A16 chips as they normally would because the A16 is going into the regular iPhone. And a M type chip is going into the Pro phones. And the reason they're doing it for the Pro phones with the, the reason I think they would do an M series chip, whether it's the M1 or M2, because I can see a reason or an argument for them to do either one, the M1 or the M2 uh, for the Pro phones. But the reason they want that M series chip is because they get Thunderbolt over the USB C port at that point. And one of the biggest issues that I've heard, biggest complaints I've consistently heard from people who are video. Uh, people who use their phones for video, I don't know what you would actually call them, videographers, that don't sound right. But anyway, people who use their iPhone. creators, Damasi. Okay, there you go. The creators who use their iPhones creators to record. the world. Uh, I don't know about that. Oh, that could explain why I so screwed up with some of these people. <laughs> anyway, uh, so what was it? I think it was the iPhone 13 Pro. They got the ability to record uh, ProRes video. I'm not going to try to explain ProRes video. Google it. Look it up. YouTube it. Something. Uh, there's big. much. There's much smarter people out there than me to explain like what ProRes actually is all about. But suffice to say, yes, they are very, very large files. I'm exaggerating slightly, but I think you can get 
I don't think you can even get a whole hour of video in ProRes format on a terabyte iPhone. Uh, I could be slightly off, but they are very, very, very large video files uh, because essentially it's, it's sort of like when, if you know anything about raw uh, photography where people are shooting with the big cameras that, that take raw, I mean, shooting raw format and don't compress down to a JPEG, those picture files for raw raw format are way bigger than your standard JPEG or whatever because it's basically converting all of the data that comes in through the camera sensor into you know digital bits so that you can it can be manipulated and that's essentially what is kind of happening with progress i guess i'm going to explain it but the biggest problem that i've heard people consistently complaining about is oh this progress on the phone is great it this is awesome this is cool this really gives us high quality video from a phone but this has a lightning port on it. So when you want to transfer those huge video files off your iPhone, it's going to take forever because you know what speeds thunder, uh, lightning travel over? Two, <laughs> USB 2. It's not even USB 3. It's USB 2. It's slow as dirt. So since I think, first of all, they're going to continue to have that clear separation between a pro phone and a non-pro phone for a while by having the ProRes capabilities, they're going to continue pushing on that because that seems to be one of the major ways that they're they're differing between the lineups is camera features. Uh, to me, it would make sense that the iPhone Pro get the USB-C port this year uh, or yeah, the Type-C port. And whether that's just usb uh, three speeds at, at like 10 gigabits a second uh, or if it actually goes up to Thunderbolt because they put an M chip in it uh, remains to be seen and I think that's the primary reason we're getting we would get the C port in the pros this year and not necessarily the regular iPhone now the EU has has passed into law or certified a policy or whatever they've done basically they have said by the end of 2024 you're not going to be able to ship a phone over here uh if it doesn't have a usb-c port because that is our standard port and we insisted everybody have one and it may be 2025 is the deadline but however uh that is going to be a requirement to sell phones in the eu i don't think apple is going to pull out of the eu and say okay well fine we won't sell you phones i don't think that is going to happen i think apple has been moving towards USB-C for a while they just have not been rushing at it with the phones partially because we all remember how nuts the world went <laughs> when they went from that 30 pin that stupid stupid 30 pin connector to lightning people lost their freaking minds i can't believe they have changed my connector they just want to make me buy a new cable they put the cable in the box but i got all these 30 pin adapters around here well throw them out because they suck (laughs) uh so i think the pro phones get it this year i think by next year uh We'll see USB-C come down to the lower end uh, or the, the least the less expensive iPhones. Uh, and that'll continue to trickle down through the iPad lineup because right now the only iPad that does not have USB-C is the 329 uh, iPad. And at that point, the only other devices that uh, don't have lightning are like their, their keyboards, their trackpads, their mice and all of that. And those will get you know turned over as as mm-hmm. needed i think uh, but i think we'll see the pro phones get usb-c this year 
My argument's on the M series chip. I think they would go M1 just because that's easy. They probably got a ton of those. And I think the M2 chips have been a little bit more difficult to get production levels up to where they need to be. And there are also going to be new Macs that are going to require that chip. Like there's a new MacBook Air. I'm surprised Mallory said she wanted one of these yet. Uh, Me too. Maybe she because did notice that they come in different colors. So it'll it'll happen. Well, I mean, they're not as many colors as like the IMAX, though. You know, the IMAX came in a oh, whole. Oh, man. No. Sorry, Mallory. I'm going to edit this part out. Oh. <laughs> uh, one more thing I want to say about the whole Apple Silicon transition with their M chips. We've got the M1. We've got the M2 announced, and it'll be available in the new MacBook Airs that are coming out, and a bumped version of the 13 inch MacBook Pro with Touch Bar, which I still really don't know why they're selling that. Uh, but one thought I have about this, I hear a lot of podcasters and I read blog posts where people are saying like, well, oh, well, this is naturally what Apple would do with their chips or, you know, historically Apple has done blah, blah, blah with their chip. Like they're, people are trying to make predictions as to how Apple is going to release their lineup of computers based off number one, how Intel and AMD do things, uh, And also because, well, this seems logical for them to do it this way. And that's what they did last year. Or that's what they did, you know, when the first one come out, 2020. So that's what they did between 2020 and 2022 with the M1 chip. So they're naturally going to follow the same progression, right? And maybe they are, but I don't think so. It looks like that right now because they just dropped the M2. And it's like, okay, that's in the lowest, cheapest MacBook that they sell. Uh, and then next, of course, if they follow their their thing, then we'll get the M1 Pros and M1 Maxes for the laptops. But I can't. I I really don't think people should attempt to yet predict how Apple is going to release computers because for two reasons, three really, but two major that I feel like a lot of these Apple pundits should be more aware of because they've been following Apple for so long. They are not constrained by anybody's decision making or release timetable or anything except what they want to do and when they want to do it the only constraints they're facing right now may be manufacturing capacity or uh logistics like they're, they're facing logistics issues now like everybody else but when it comes to do we want to do a mac okay we just released a macbook air with the m2 chip uh what you know, we can do a Mac Pro next, right? Sure they can. You know why? Because it's their chip. Do what the hell they want to do. We can guess at what we think they may do, but we don't have, I don't feel like we have enough historical data to say this is how they're going to operate. Like we can all guess that every September, maybe October-ish, if things kind of slip a little bit, we're going to get a new iPhone. But they've been doing that for like 10 years. Yep. We got one, one, call it, call it a, a year and a half of Apple selling computers with their own custom silicon in it. Mm-hmm. That is not long enough to dictate what they're going to do. It's not. And, and there, this is still a transition. Like we don't right. know when the pro's coming. We suspect it's coming. The, the Mac Pro. Yeah. So. And they've said it's coming. Uh, I mean, they, they made a reference to it during the uh, They made a reference Mac to Studio. it. They didn't officially say they're putting the M processor in there, but there's no reason they wouldn't. 
what are doing Apple Silicon? Like, I mean, they could call it whatever the hell they want to call it. They, could, you know, they could call it the, the X One. Right? I mean, again, they can do what they want to do, release cycle wise, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, because it's their chip. They don't have to wait on Intel. And the second reason I say that we can't really kind of predict how they're going to do stuff based off what they did the first year with the first M One release is people seem to forget. The reason that the first M1 computers were released in the exact same cases as their prior Intel versions is because Apple did not want anybody to be able to pin down exactly what they were doing and how they were doing it until it was out there. And they got a chance to tell you how it worked. So the MacBook Pro, the MacBook Air, the Mac Mini looked just like the previous Intel versions of the same computers because they did not make any changes to the case. The first computer that was released that was designed with Apple Silicon in mind, like we are building this computer because we have Apple Silicon and we're not hiding anymore, was the iMac. And they made and they made that thing so thin that you can't even put a headphone jack straight in in it because it's thicker than a headphone jack is long. <laughs> the headphone jack is on the side like it's a giant iPad yep yep <laughs> I just want to know why did it put Touch ID on the side now but that that follows because I know a lot of people you know that listen to this that pay attention to Apple or listen to Apple podcasters or read Apple blogs because we're not really necessarily an Apple show we're just a technology show uh, but I know a lot of people that may listen may may think like, well, Apple didn't do this, or this person isn't saying that. The rules are out of the out of out of the window, man. Like they can right. release whatever they like. They, yeah, they just dropped the MacBook Air. The next computer we hear about literally could be the Mac Pro, because who makes the chips? Apple does. They ain't waiting on Intel. They ain't waiting on AMD. They ain't waiting on Nvidia. They they doing all the whole stack top to bottom. Which is hopefully what will make a better OS experience too, because that's one of the reasons I think voiceover on iOS is so nice because Apple controls everything from the top to the bottom, from, from device processor to the interface that people see when they're interacting with the device. So I'm, I'm holding out some hope that this MacBook Air that I thought about today that we have sitting next to my bed in a backpack and I haven't pulled it out in like two weeks now will have some sort of use in my life in the not too distant future. It's not even your computer. You think she's using it? <laughs> she was supposed to. She was supposed to. Then she went and got a new job and they switched to Windows. Oh, so I forgot about that. Uh, I am not buying a sur. Yeah, I, I am not buying a Surface Book. <laughs> we will see. She hasn't looked at those yet, but if I had to buy a Windows computer, it'd probably be a Surface Book or there is these Le- semi nice Lenovo's. Although the battery on this one that I have, which is a gaming computer, so it's not meant to really be work. It's not meant to be efficient on battery. It's meant to be fast um i'd go surface yeah me too i I go surface because to me like i I feel like we're getting to that point with operating systems where 
in a lot of cases, like Apple's always been like this. They're the only one who puts Apple operating systems on Apple devices. But Windows has been, and I, I really have been hearing a lot, a lot of good stuff about Windows. Like Windows 10 didn't seem to be, it started out rough, very, very rough, but it seems to have smoothed out over the years. And now Windows 11, I think, may eventually get to that smoothing out point. But Microsoft has started making really nice hardware. Everybody seems to be happy with the different Surface devices, uh, you know, various Surface devices. Narrator has, like, they're basically not necessarily mimicking Apple, but I think they've built up a solid enough uh, history over the past, what, seven years? Is that how long Satya Nadella's been running stuff over there, something like that? Something, yeah. But and I used to tell people before they started making the Surface books, like if you're buying a Windows computer, if at all possible, go for an Apple, not an Apple, a Microsoft signature, you know, version of said computer instead of just buying the the, the Samsung or the Dell or the Lenovo, right. you know, get the signature because what you don't want is the crapware that people install that they install on the computers at this point and the surfaces seem to be very nice i think you like the one that you had that you were using previously yep andrew likes it and he's a gamer uh and you know out of the box like you're getting just a microsoft operating system there's no need to you know spring clean your computer before you start using it and now narrator will work right out of the box it's it's not an intimate for most people, it's not an intimidating process of purchasing a new computer now because you know you'll get speech out of an Apple computer or anything running the latest versions of Windows. Or a Chromebook. Yeah. Yep. Forgot about Chromebook. Yeah. So, Demasi, <laughs> I know you've... The Chromebook topic here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that. I know you've probably heard it, but I keep going off the microphone because the disadvantage to being able to stand with this fancy new boom arm is I will probably end up pacing Start back walking. and forth. Yep. <laughs> it's nice to be able to stand, but I need to stand still. <laughs> uh, okay. Treadmill desk. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're going to make me get like in shape and I don't know if I'm okay with that one. Yeah. Treadmill desk, man. So last time. I always wonder how those work though. Like how, how, how does that work? Like, so I don't want to stand up all the time though. How do I sit down if there's a treadmill under my freaking desk? I think the only reason they're called treadmill desks is because they're small enough that they can just slide under a desk. So you don't have to uh, have it always there. Uh, okay. Whereas like you couldn't just slide a regular treadmill under your desk. That would be a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> Although now that I'm thinking about it, huh? I no, I think the treadmill would be too short to do that. Hmm. Anyway, mount the boom arm on the, on the, Oh man. Right there on the, like, because I don't need the screen, so you, you could cover part of the screen, just clip it right there onto the screen, have it come down in front of my mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I'm not buying a Peloton for it, though. That's too much for me. You're not going to get a tread? Wait, they ain't selling those no more. Yeah, they are. Uh why do I feel like they were going out of business or something? They were shopping around to get bought or something. 
I I remember hearing something about that. I don't know all the details. But yeah. Okay. So I, I did hear something yeah, like yeah, that. You did okay. hear something. They went through a CEO, uh, someone changed, and they were talking about having people buy them and are looking for people to buy them and stuff. So, yeah. Apple. Hmm. Nope. They won't. They won't have their own hardware. <laughs> Bringing you the newest tread with an M1 processor. No, Amazon is probably likely to buy them. That would not surprise me. I'd expect them to do it before Apple did. So, Demasi, WWDC, they announced a interesting thing. That is the passkey. Can you tell us the answer to the questions that you had about passkey and resetting your device or switching between devices? You said you'd found some some possible answers? So, I have a little information, and we're going to link to Apple's answers because uh, I haven't actually had a chance to read those because I actually just heard about them today. Uh, but if you go to your own pay.com slash DM 97, and I have a link in the show notes to the Apple documentation, but some of the questions I had were number one, like, what do you do? And this may not have come up on the show, but one of them was, how do I share? Like, what do I do or what would Mike do or what, what does anybody do? Uh, because we, we share logins, like, you know, we, we have to share the Paramount plus login in our house or the Disney plus login in our house. Right. So how do we, how do we do that with pass keys? You know, is there going to be a way to do that? Uh, Apple does have an answer for that. Uh, you can airdrop. Well, if you're on iOS, if both of you are on iOS, you can airdrop a pass key for a, for an account to someone else so that they also have access to it. So that solves kind of the Netflix, Hulu login type of issues, right? Uh, for people who are all on iOS. Doesn't tell me what to do if I'm on Android yet. Uh, that's a question I don't have an answer to is how do you deal with that type of scenario across platforms if I need to share this with someone else? Uh, there is a method. This is one of the things that I didn't get a chance to actually read the article to find out, but there is a method for Recovering your your pass keys, if worse comes to worse, uh, let's say you lose all of your Apple devices or you're one of those people who just has one Apple device hmm. and you lose that one, which means you've lost all your Apple devices. Uh, what do you do now? I have not read this article uh, as of yet with, with Apple's you know, answers to some of the most common questions that people apparently have been asking them. My suspicion has always been their solution for what happens if I crack my one and only Apple device, which is my iPhone, and I need to get it replaced or I need to get a new phone. How do I get into any of my accounts? Uh, would be, oh, just go buy a new iPhone or make an Apple Care claim. And then when you get your new phone and you sign in, you will then have all your pass keys synced back through iCloud. Right. I feel like that is the answer that may be there. I, I'm, I'm not certain. The real answer to that question really is, though, how do I access my bank if my bank were using pass keys and I have cracked mm -hmm. my phone? Right. Uh, and I need to get into the bank account so that I can either one, verify that I have enough money to go buy a new phone or b verify to the bank that, yes, no, it's really me trying to buy a new phone. Uh, so. Uh, so but we will link to these these answers in the uh, show notes. 
so that you may check them out and we'll i will have some more information probably by the next time we record just on my experience because i have been setting up a couple of places that are currently using the uh pass keys using uh the ipad and ios 16 or ipad os 16 uh, so I'll talk about that a little bit more, but I did want to let people know that Apple does have a document out that answers some questions. I have not had a chance to read it yet, but hopefully they have addressed most of the issues. Although I still feel like the biggest glaring issues is I have an iPad and I have a pixel. How do I keep my or get my pass keys from my iPad to my Pixel because I am not going to carry my iPad with me when I need to sign into something elsewhere because my phone is a Pixel. Maybe that's where something like One Password to come into play. Maybe it'll be an API. That is a thing, right? Like because it, that's the other thing to keep in mind too. Uh, and I'm glad you said that. Is Apple, Google, and Microsoft are you know cooperating on. You know, trying to get this 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 technology, uh, this this standard push forward uh, for what Apple is calling passkeys. But they are not the sole owners of this It's an open standard. So, yes, one password could come in LastPass, you know, any number of password managers could come in and offer the ability to generate and sync your keys uh, in the cloud for you so that you're not dependent on Apple providing a reasonable or Google or Microsoft providing a reasonable solution for transferring keys from one platform to another. Yes, it is very easy. Apple made sure they talked about that a lot uh, in a couple of WWDC sessions. If I can grab those links, I'll link to those also on the fact that, oh, well, you know, you can use your iPhone to log into something on a Windows computer. Like, you don't have to be in the Apple, but that's still requiring you to use your iPhone to log into something on a different device. Uh, but yes, we could use something like one password or LastPass to sync those keys and not have to deal with uh, Apple or Google providing a solution for me to transfer keys across uh, differing operating systems so that they are ever present on whatever device I'm using. And that's my biggest concern there is, is people are going to get trapped into that scenario without knowing all the ins and outs. Mm-hmm. So again, don't do it. Don't set them up unless you really, really know about this stuff and you kind of get how the whole, you know, Fido and all of that stuff actually works. Uh, and you also have alternative ways to get into your accounts. Otherwise, just chill out. Let crazy people like me try it out first and tell you how to solve the problems that you're going to encounter. But get excited because at some Mike point, hopefully, what? Well, yeah, oh. that too. <laughs> you know, uh, I was gonna go. I did get a YubiKey. Maybe that YubiKey could save my keys, and I just plug it into the device nope. to no. Nope. Oh, okay. Well, I will get back to my excitedness, and that is maybe the forgot password link will be obsolete, like Internet Explorer is, or will be obsolete, like Internet Explorer finally is now. So. I don't know. I think I like the absolute <laughs> because <laughs> Internet Explorer is still going to be around next year. They're like, no, yeah. this time really, we're really killing it now. Now we're right. good. Right. There was a thing I heard on DTNS where they were talking about like the, apparently the Japanese government yep. and, and, uh, and like they're really deeply invested in Internet Explorer. And I was like, Japan? <laughs> like of all of the countries to be kind of behind the curve there? Japan? Really? Yeah, I don't remember if it was Japan, but it might have been. It yeah, was Japan. I, uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I heard that on DTNS. I'm like, really? yeah, well, 
Internet Explorer, still. Still, like at this point. I don't miss it. Do you? Not a, no, not at all. I don't miss Internet Explorer. Let us know if you miss Internet Explorer or what you're planning to do with. Or are you still using Internet Explorer? That's really <laughs> that what I'm looking for. If, if you are or you're not and you miss it, reach out to us on Twitter at the DM series. I'm on Twitter at Payone, P-A-Y-O-W-N. He's on Twitter at Damasi, D-A-M-A-S-H-E. I did that a little bit backwards, so it kind of threw me off a little bit, but the show notes are available at yourownpay.com slash DM97. As long as we get the pertinent information in there, it doesn't matter what order it goes in. Nope. Oh, man, I was going to tell you about the brisket on the show. I didn't. <laughs> so right. I had an actual hope. So, so this is the first time I had a hope, huh? Oh, hold on one second. So we're going to drop this in the beginning of the show because Demasi forgot about it until the end of the show. Yeah. Well, I didn't forget about it, but then you started in with the with the with the topic and then I was like, Okay, I'll find a spot to slip in about this brisket <laughs> and then like no, we just kept going. Uh but anyway, so I I I uh smoked a brisket. Um uh, and this is a brisket I bought a few months ago and I just froze it because it was still cold when I got home. I froze it and stuck it in the freezer. Uh took it out Thursday and let it unthaw. Uh, just naturally, on I actually set it in a cooler and let it just slowly unthaw overnight. Uh, this I discovered is the first full brisket that I've had. Uh, the last brisket I bought from Costco was apparently just a flat uh, piece of the brisket. It was not the whole brisket. This was a whole brisket. It was huge, uh, or it is huge. Uh, so I decided to try a couple of things differently with this brisket now, I've, I've cooked a couple of briskets uh, or brisket well I've had a couple of brisket tips that's just like the tip of the brisket and I've had a couple of flashes not the whole thing together at once so it's the first time I'm cooking that uh, but I seasoned it and you know did all the things you do to it uh, trimmed off some of the fat and all of that uh, set the grill up one thing I wanted to try is I was looking at some couple of YouTube videos because I went down a rabbit hole on smokers uh, I started to send some of them to Mallory, but I was like, nah. I should. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, especially this one about how to pick the best smoker for you uh, and, and what, what the price ranges are. I really started to send her that one. I was like, nah, I shouldn't do that. <laughs> uh, but one of the guy's videos I was watching was doing a brisket and he was saying that what he does when he cooks his briskets is he takes them off, you know, once he pulls them off the grill, uh, you know, find them like he'll, he'll, you know, cook it, take it off, wrap it and let it go back on for another hour or two, just depending on how it cooks, takes it off and then he lets it rest. Uh, so what he's been doing is he'll take it off and he'll let it rest till it gets down to about a temperature like 140, 145. Uh, I calculate that to be somewhere around when I can rest my hand on it and it's still warm, but it's not hot. Uh, you had a meter, you wouldn't have to calculate. I know, but I don't. So I calculate that as being something <laughs> like that. Like it could maybe get uncomfortable to hold your hand there too long, but you can rest your hand there right. comfortably before it starts to annoy you. Uh, so I calculate that to be the temperature. And then he says, once it gets down there, he will put it in a cooler. 
uh, and just let it sit, you know, cover it up, you know, put the top on, on the cooler and just let it sit. Uh, he said he's let them sit for as as much up to uh, as much as 12 hours. Probably not going to let mine sit that long. It just depends on how, how fast it's cooling off, too, because you don't want it to get all the way down to just room temperature. It's just sitting out in the cooler. Right. That's not healthy. Uh, but I did want to try that method. So I right now my brisket is in the cooler. I haven't even unwrapped it yet. Uh, but this is the longest cook I've ever done, dude. Like, <laughs> <sighs> What did you say? You started at like 11 last night? I started at like 11.30-ish last night. It was before 12. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm going to say like around 11.15, 11.30 is when I put it on, on the uh, – on the grill last night and I didn't take it off until like 6.53 this evening. Now, fairly, and I must admit uh, that the fire did almost, not completely 100% go out, but almost went out a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, one somewhere between 2.30 and 4 o'clock because I came in and I was like, okay, I'm going to take me a quick nap because everything's everything's going great. Come in and take a quick nap and get up and go check on it and do all that, start spraying it get up go out there oh man the fire's almost completely out mm. uh, all right gotta build that back up and then of course i took another nap later like in the middle of the afternoon today and went back out oh man slept too long supposed to got up after an hour which i should have been fine if i would have actually gotten up after that hour i actually took like a two-hour nap so went out there Oops. oh crap gotta build the fire back up uh, so that did happen uh, so that's one of the reasons i think it, it stretched out to what is that like 18 hours yeah It'll yeah. be close to 18 hours. So add it to Google Docs, because neither one of us will remember, to follow up with you and ask you how your first real brisket was. Uh, if the juice that fell out of the, that kind of leaked out of that foil <laughs> into the pan I put it in, it's going to be good. Oh, man. I got to right. cut it. Something to do All with right. juices is going to be the show title. <laughs> What? <laughs> According to the juices. There you go. Uh, I like that. I like that. Let's go with that. According to the juices. <laughs> you've been listening to Your Own Pay Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, visit yourownpay.com slash cast for exclusive content. And to contact us today. We're eager to hear your thoughts and about how you're making this podcast your own. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. The Your Own Pay Podcast, yourownpay.com.